Hey there, my friend. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot believe that we are already in the month of December. It's kind of mind boggling and mind blowing. And to keep like with this whole fun, festive theme, I wanted to do something different. And by something different, I mean the something that I've done for the past couple of years, which is drop holiday theme podcasts during the month of December. I just think it's fun. I can still get deep even with the light stuff, but I just think it's a fun way to break things up and it entertains me. And at the end of the day, that's what's most important, right? But seriously, I just, I like to have fun. The holidays, a great time for that. And so that is why this is a holiday themed episode and let's get on with the show. Hey there, happy holidays. And if you celebrate, happy Hanukkah. I was on a bike ride, a holiday bike ride Peloton the other day, and they started playing this song by a band called the Maccabees. And so it got me thinking about how little I actually know about Hanukkah. I know the basics. I know about the holiday armadillo, (laughs) Ross's story of the Maccabees. And I also know what Adam Sandler sang about in the Hanukkah song. I think he had two, actually. And I realized that I should know more. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to invite my friend Kaya on and have her share the Hanukkah story. I mean, many of us know the Christmas story, but I don't know if as many of us know the Hanukkah story. So I wanted to hear how Hanukkah began. And I wanted to learn more about the traditions. Like, why do you serve the food that you serve? What's the significance of the oil? What's the whole deal with the dreidel? And Kaya was able to hide, literally, (laughs) from her children so she could humor me and share a bit about Hanukkah and its traditions. And so I hope if you don't know much about Hanukkah, I hope you continue listening and I hope you learn something from it. And I think it's really interesting. I think it's so interesting to learn about people's cultures and people's traditions and these things that make people different from us. I love learning about it. Because I think people are interesting. I think what we do is interesting. I think why we do the things that we do, it's interesting. And so I really appreciate having this conversation with Kaya. I definitely walk away with a greater understanding that that extends beyond friends, that extends beyond Adam Sandler. And I hope you do too. Speaking of learning new things, thank you for humoring me and coming on. It was funny because that morning, Sunday morning, I was doing a Peloton ride. It was a holiday ride. And they had a song called like Lights by the Maccabees. And so Uh then it made me think of Ross and the holiday armadillo and him trying to tell Ben the story of the Maccabees. And so then it made me realize I really don't know a lot about Hanukkah. And so I thought, oh, I should ask Kaya and I should see if she wants to come on 
because seriously, like my knowledge and I'm not embarrassed. It's fine. Like I had a friend in elementary school who celebrated Hanukkah, but I was in elementary school. Like we didn't talk a lot about it. And I've had friends since then who have celebrated Hanukkah. But again, it's like, we just don't talk about it. Like I've never thought to ask like, what is the story of Hanukkah? So I feel like my knowledge is very limited to like what I hear and see. And then Ross's story and Adam Sandler Hanukkah song. I think he had two. (laughs) And that's like it. So I thought if I was uninformed, there are likely many other people that are uninformed. So I want, I want to like understand more of like what it is and how you celebrate and all the things. I'm honored to, I'm honored you asked me and I'm honored to be here um, to share this story. I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty cool story. And yeah, it's, I even had to ask, it's funny that you said like, if, if I'm, you know, uninformed then maybe other people might, might be as well. And I even had to like clarify with my husband, like, okay, remind me (laughs) is the story, the story's like this. And then this happens. Right. And then, you know, so he had to kind of like run through it with with me really quick. So (laughs) I could like, okay, yeah, I do have that straight just because you hear like little bits of legend in there and you know things like yeah. that so I wanted to I want to share because it's a historical event like it's an actual mm-hmm. um, historically recorded you know event and then there and then there's a little bit of legend in there and I'll just clarify when that comes up but funny enough Hanukkah actually starts on the 25th of the Hebrew month of Kislev so the 25th, you know, like Christmas is December 25th. I just think that's kind of funny. And I think it was last year, maybe the two years ago, where it was actually on the same day as Christmas. And it's just, it's just kind of fun how it dances oh, around. But I think I remember that. Yeah. Most people are following the Gregorian calendar, which is, you know, January through December. And um, Jews, which I really didn't know this as a Christian uh, when I was a Christian because I don't know if I've even told you this, that I converted to Judaism. I know that you converted, but I've always been curious as to like why or how that came about. But I feel like that's probably a story for like another time. <laughs> that's a long story. Yeah. So another time. But um, as a Christian, I didn't realize this. I knew of the Hebrew calendar, but I didn't know that Jews really do like it's it's a live calendar that people actually follow so so uh all of the jewish holidays and days of like uh mourning and like um even birthdays are recorded using the hebrew calendar Um, oh okay yeah so it it moves around because it's a a lunar solar calendar and that's why it kind of shifts from year to year on the on the gregorian calendar so just a little bit of a like context there, I guess. Didn't know um, that. Again, like I didn't know until I was like in the culture. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not really well widely known. Um, I don't think anyway, at least in, in my experience. So, so um, yeah. So once upon a time, 139 BCE. So at that time, the uh, a group called the. I had to take notes for some of these names because I'm like, okay, I'm not <laughs> no, going to keep track of the the Seleucids. Um, they were Syrian Greeks, so they were they were kind of um, like 
kind of like a, a group that were from Greece that sort of were running things like Greece over in, okay. in Israel at that time. So they had, it was uh, being ruled by Antiochus Epiphanes. There's a whole like backstory. The ruler before him used to be friendly towards the Jews, but Antiochus became unfriendly for various reasons. And so they were being, Israel was being ruled by Hellenist, these, the Seleucids, where they were Hellenist Greeks. In, during his rule, he became unfriendly for the Jews, so that manifested as him outlawing Judaism, basically. So you, you weren't allowed to worship, and in the temple, they actually like ransacked the temple and um, put up their, the Hellenist idols and gods and things in the Jewish temple. Judaism was outlawed, punishable by death. So it was like real serious. So it had been not like that for a while. And one of the things that the powers that be would do is they would send out governing, you know, officials or whatever um, into the little villages. They would send them out all throughout Israel and the hills of Judea and things like that to find, well, basically just to make sure that these villages, whoever they were, making sure that they were loyal to the Helen, uh, the Hellenist gods, you know, loyal to their idols and things like that. So in this time, these like little pods of government officials or whatever, while they were doing this, they went to the village of Modin, which was like in the hills. It was a tiny village in the hills of Judea. And the village elder was named Matatiahu. And what they would do is they would build a temporary, like real quick, they would build an altar and they would go and tell the elders to sacrifice to their idols, basically, which in Judaism, that's like one of the utmost, like that's one of the worst possible things that you could do. You know, it's betrayal to Hashem, to God. Very big deal. Like not like, oh, well, we'll just do this to be nice and let them mm-hmm. move on or whatever. It's very serious. So Matityahu told them, no. We're not going to do that, which was very like, oh, yeah. how, how dare you, you know? So one of the other Jews, um, I don't know if he was another elder or some kind of popular guy or whatever. One of the other guys that was that was a somebody of that village stepped forward to, you know, keep the peace. And he was going to make a sacrifice to the, the idols. Well, that was... Matityahu was he said no and that was a really big deal and and so he struck that guy down basically in his zeal you know his religious zeal and was like no you're not gonna represent us this way you know basically and so then it caused an uproar and he basically rallied up the other the other guys of the village to get to to defeat the Hellenist Seleucid government official group of guys that Mm -hmm. had come to build the altar and all of that so they struck them all down it was a really big deal but it was a small little like group so it was kind of one-to-one right so they 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 defeated them but then it was kind of like oh crap now what you know yeah (laughs) yeah basically oh man we just uh essentially declared war what ended up happening is they just basically exacted guerrilla warfare to take back their 
country to take back their land. I forgot to like clarify this uh, when I was looking looking up the details, but it's my understanding. You might need to fact check me on this, but it's my understanding that they went to like the neighboring villages, kind of start started there and did this like, you know, again guerrilla warfare, get, gathering up zealous, you know, fighters, and they went into Jerusalem, which is where the Beit Hamikdash, which is the temple, where that was, and it was still like this tiny group of men versus this whole like i mean and because it wasn't just it wasn't just like the jews the israelites versus the seleucids it was because there were lots of israelites at that time that were like that that guy that got struck down that were apologetic you know they they were willing to kind of go along with the powers that be so that they you know to play nice Mm -hmm. so it was a tiny group of guys versus a whole lot of guys and I'm sure there's a, an actual number somewhere, but I I didn't write it down. <laughs> Sorry, it's I don't okay. know it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but, uh, oh, I forgot to say Matatiahu. So, so Matatiahu, he was the elder of Modin. He wasn't, like, necessarily a young strapping man. Like, he was an actual, you know, an elderly, like an actual mm-hmm. elder. So he consulted with other elders and they determined that Judah the Strong, known as Judah the Maccabee, uh, would be like the leader of these fighters, basically. Thus became, you know, the Maccabees. And Maccabee is actually an acronym derived from me, Kamokha, Ba'elim, Hashem, which is who is like you, O God. And so it's just this, this kind of like rallying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rallying cry mm-hmm. all on its own. And so that that's what they became called. Oh, that's that interesting. Name. Yeah, I think it actually kind of gives me goosebumps because I just think it's so cool that, again, like this, this small group of guys is up against this giant beast, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the name that they were given is this, you know, this like blessing, this prayer to God on its own so yeah i just think that's cool just as an aside so so the maccabees go into jerusalem it's it was this kind of these fights these little battles were going on this is over a you know a period of time a short period of time and they decided they were going to take back the temple so they fought and reclaimed jerusalem like again tiny you know the underdog Mm -hmm. and they won and it was it was a hard win but they won so here's like, you know, where the menorah, the Hanukkah, like all of that stuff comes in to the story. So according to Torah, it takes a certain amount of time to repurify the different artifacts and things in the temple and to repurify the temple itself. So since the Hellenists put in their idols and they ransacked right. the temple and did all of that, they went in and they cleaned it up. And to, in order to repurify everything, um, it was going to take eight days, basically. So they cleaned everything out, started recreating the the menorah, and because there's actually um, seven branched menorah, six branched menorah with the shamash in the middle makes it seven, is the the menorah that is meant to be in the temple 
lit at all times, like forever. So the, the Hanukkah was sort of like born from the following legend. So as they're repurifying, the legend is they found one jar of oil that was that had not been touched it still had like the seal on it so they Mm -hmm. knew that it was not messed with and all of that and they filled the menorah with the oil and lit the menorah but there wasn't enough there wasn't enough oil like it was only going to last like a day or two with the amount of oil that was there and the miracle the legend is that that oil lasted eight days until they had more oil ready to keep the menorah lit so that's where the eight day you know miracle like comes from hanukkah means dedicated and it's it it's from this story the rededication of the temple and i actually named my my latest baby hanok which also means dedicated it's part of the same same word okay So, so it's the festival of lights and it's basically just a story of you know god being with those who are willing to fight for you know god's glory and and to be lights a nation of lights basically to bring light into the world and you know dedication and to hashem and that sort of thing so that's basically hanukkah story and there's more kind of before and after but that's basically the Hanukkah story is is due to the Maccabee, the Maccabees retaking Jerusalem and repurifying, rededicating the temple and the miracle of the oil lasting for eight days. Okay. So, we'll see some uh, of that I knew, some of it I didn't. So thank you. So what are some of the things that you do like during Hanukkah to celebrate? Because I'm like completely ignorant. I just know like you light like one candle every day, right? Yeah. Or okay. Yeah. So so we have the eight branched nine if you're counting the shamash, which is the the shamash is the candle in the center mm-hmm. that's usually or it always is a little bit higher yeah. or it's out. It's kind of set apart. Okay. That's the candle. It the shamash is the servant. So it's like we we tell our boys it's the big brother candle that he's the shamash is lit first and with okay. the shamash you light each candle depending on the day so the first day you'll just light candle number 1 and you'll mm-hmm. it'll just be those two and then on the second day you with you light the shamash you light one two and then you go all through the 8 days of hanukkah okay so that's so, cool. so this may be a super lame question so you don't like <laughs> You don't like leave the candles like burning, right? You just like blow them. Do you blow them out after a certain period of time? Most of, I think our menorah setup, I think most of our, like the menorahs or the Hanukkahs that we have, they tend to burn out after like a couple of hours. Okay. Okay. Um, Because it's not like, even, even the ones where we have kind of like the big cups of oil, I don't know. Maybe my husband's blowing them out at a certain point. We don't go to bed with them lit. Yeah. Cause I was uh, like, and as then- you were talking, I'm like, that just seems really unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there, so there are candles that you can buy too. They're, they're usually pretty like skinny. And so they kind of, they burn down and then they burn out. 
Okay. And that's if you're using like a wax candle, that's typical. And and then there are menorahs where you're using oil, but they're usually they can be like small cups of oil. So it kind of is the same way. And depending on the wick that you're use, using also, you know, yeah. long story short, basically they burn out or we blow them out before we go to bed. And um, do you light them at like a certain time each night? Yeah, it's I think the tradition is that you light them after sunset. Oh, gosh. And now there's probably a bunch of Jews like it's this time. <laughs> um, but it's it's after sunset at a certain certain point. It's basically when it's dark enough for. For the candle for it, to be the light to really be okay. shining bright. OK. OK. So. Yeah, so that's like the big main tradition is lighting the Hanukkah every night. And in Judaism, this week Hanukkah starts or with this week as far as where we're at recording this, Hanukkah will start Thursday night. So because mm-hmm. in Judaism the day starts the night before at nightfall before, you know, the day. Oh, okay. Basically sunset to sunset. Yeah, so for example, if somebody's keeping Shabbat, that's why Friday night at sunset, that's when Shabbat starts. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on until Saturday at sunset. Okay. Um, so, so that's how we count the date. That's how, that's how every, you know, special day is counted. I never special knew, like, I never day. knew that. And I know like you recognize that. And funnily enough, like the woman who owned the food truck that catered our, our wedding, she did that too. And I was just very like, oh, really? I just never, I just never thought to ask. Like I wondered a lot of things, but I just never asked. So now I have you, yeah. um, <laughs> but I figured like, I figured it had to do with like the timing of the day and when that actually began, but I just never thought like, oh, that's how like they kind of structure their day, you know, how it like starts. So. Yeah. That's news to me. So yeah. when you when you light, you don't call it a menorah. What do you call it? A Hanukkah. A Hanukkah. But why but is it menorah? It's a type of menorah. Okay. So it's not wrong to call it a menorah. Okay. So when you light that, is there like, does your husband just do that, or do you do that? Do your kids do that? We all do that. We okay. all do that, and we actually we. I don't know if this was necessarily on purpose, but we all, we end up getting a Hanukkah, a new Hanukkah, like every year. (laughs) So we have like, and this is pretty typical from what I've seen. Lots of Jewish households have like a bazillion Hanukkahs, a bazillion menorahs. I don't know why. I I think. You just just, get like bored. Yeah. (laughs) Or something. (laughs) Something. So we each kind of have like our own, just like, oh, I like that one. So I want to light this one this year and, you know, that sort of thing. So we'll help the boys with the, with the shamash and lighting the candles. We have kind of a pretty large oil uh, menorah and I'm actually like nervous about lighting that one. So I let him have that one (laughs) because I'm just like, okay, you get the oil everywhere and possibly yeah. burn the house down because I don't, <laughs> I don't want that on my shoulders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have like a littler one that I think is really pretty and the boys have their different ones and stuff like that. So it's for Shabbat, 
we like candles also, but that's they're that's like typically traditionally the woman of the house, like her uh, responsibility basically to light the Shabbat candles. So maybe if you've seen like this is a particular somebody's job and that's a particular somebody's job, like that's that's one of those things is like you'll you'll only really see the woman of the house lighting the Shabbat candles. But when it comes to the Hanukkah or the menorah, it's everybody's game, basically. Okay. Okay. So with Hanukkah, like, do you, like, what, what do you do? Like after you light the candle, like what, what do you do? We just, some people party, like have some kind of like party every Hanukkah night. Uh, my husband and I are both introverts. So that sounds like torture, <laughs> but, but we like to have some kind of like, okay, on this night, this is going to be our big like Hanukkah, you know, celebration night. In some communities where there actually is like a, a decent Jewish community, mm-hmm. they'll have like usually a something like it might just be, you know, certain traditional treats or whatever each night and getting mm-hmm. together. Some people do gift giving every night of Hanukkah. We don't do that. Our family doesn't do that just because we like it to be very different from like the Christmas experience. We kind of go hoard on the birthdays because there's not like the Christmas big gift giving yeah. you know moment for us, our family. Yeah. And Hanukkah, it's 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 just something that people have done just kind of added the gift giving because it's all kind of in that time of year and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but but what we do is we just we light the candles we try to have like some kind of oh my gosh again there might be jews screaming at me if they're listening um i'm pretty sure there are special blessings i i I doubt (laughs) anybody would respond that way i've i've only ever been met with like kindness from people who listen so i wouldn't like be too concerned no I just I'm picturing what I'm picturing is like you know when you're watching a football game or something and you're like yelling at the tv like no go this way or like a, oh, a, maybe yeah. a game show where you're like it's this word yeah it's a it's more of a game show for me because I absolutely hate sports so yeah I can relate <laughs> to the game show yeah <laughs> yes yeah. So that's that's what I'm picturing is there there might be Jews that are like yelling like now it's this or something like that. But anyway, they're pretty much our blessings for I mean there's literally a blessing for after we use the bathroom. So there's blessings for everything oh, wow. in Judaism. It's funny cuz it's one of the things just as an aside in Judaism we like to make the mundane holy. Like, you know, you you wake up in the morning, you give thanks and you, you know, you use the bathroom and you brush your teeth and whatever, and you give thanks and you sort of say a blessing about how, wow, you know, sort of blessing God for the function of our body, the capabilities of our bodily Mm -hmm. functions and stuff like that. So, so all of that to say Hanukkah is a pretty big deal. And I would be super shocked if there was just absolutely nothing to say about (laughs) about Hanukkah and lighting the Hanukkah and all of that. And as far as like Hanukkah traditions, some people like to make the jelly donuts called sufganiot. There's latkes and applesauce or latkes and sour cream. So are, what are the, are those like potato pancakes or something? What are those? Yeah. I, I liken them more to like hash browns. Okay. Yeah. Because they're really thin, right? Yeah. So 
and there are different ways to make it. So there are people that basically they almost essentially make mashed potatoes and then they fry them fry like them. pancakes. That does not sound bad at all. That sounds really it's, good. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, so this is one of the things with Hanukkah is that all of the like treats and traditional foods and things are fried or oil like the the whole thing is like oil because the miracle oh. had to do with the oil so we okay make donuts and we make latkes and you know all, all that kind of stuff so okay um, there's another like traditional treat that I'm totally blanking on but it's another fried thing oh and we like to make churros a lot of the time so so funny that's yeah that's just our thing oh. because we're half Mexican. So yeah, or my husband's been half of makes sense. I'm the only not Mexican, but that's the, yeah, yeah. It's the same in my house. So yeah. that's kind of cool because I mean, the whole point is you're using the oil. So, right. Okay. Right. I mean, you could yeah. even do like tacos. Couldn't you? I mean, oh my gosh, you, you fry in the you tacos could and you should. And you could do should. it with like you could do like potatoes. I just had that last night. Potato tacos. So you could fry the potatoes oh, yeah. and then you could fry the shell. Yeah. You might have a heart attack. But... <laughs> yeah. And and that's the other thing is like it's funny because our my family, we are very big on like organic, yeah. on like, you know, we're really pretty other than keeping kosher, like we do grass fed, grass finished meat and, you know, mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff. And, but when it comes to Hanukkah, we are like all about the peanut oil. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad for you, but it, it just has a certain taste. That's like, you can't replicate it with anything else. Peanut oil latkes are like the most You're delicious me, like, things. Like I was I know, already I mean, hungry. It's like hungrier. It's so, yeah. It's so good. So I make a lot because I like to do the grated potato version of that. Mm -hmm. And there's other stuff with it. It's not just fried potato. Like there's, you know, other ingredients and things. And so it, it does have a unique taste. Some people will do sour cream with it, which I think is gross. Oh, no. <laughs> to me, that sounds good. <laughs> and I don't even eat sour cream. Like. I usually just don't eat it because I'm like, oh, I don't want like the calories or the fat, but I think it tastes really good. So I feel like that would taste good. You, yeah, you might like it. I'll think you're crazy, but that's, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I love, so before I actually tasted this, I thought it sounded weird, but latkes with applesauce, it's, it's one of the most amazing things on the planet. That and that's one good. of the traditional pairings. Yeah. It's okay. so good. And we, we make the applesauce like we'll we'll make we'll make it ourselves so it's got that like fresh apple yeah and my husband he he's usually in charge of the applesauce because he's real particular about the the type of apples that we get and all of that and he'll he'll make the applesauce mash it down you know cinnamon like whatever else that the other magic good. he puts in there yeah and you eat the latkes with the applesauce like together are you making that for your party I am. Okay. I am. Yeah. And All right. Yeah. So I'm now I'm hundred percent sure I'm coming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be, yep. Yeah, I, I make that typically. And then we do, we tend to do a brisket and what we, what kind of brisket we do changes sometimes, but 
we like we just think it's it's all good together brisket latkes applesauce sukhani oats and i try to experiment every year with like what i put in those donuts and i'm so picky that i make it really hard on myself every time but because i'd watch too many like baking and cooking shows and i oh, think yeah. oh that's easy i could totally make jelly filled <laughs> donuts and do my own like type of filling and it's going to be totally great the first time around and what have you made that you have liked i've done so i made an elderberry glazed donut before and it had what did it have in it i think it had like a pistachio filling oh and that was actually really good but it was a whole lot of work oh my gosh because <laughs> so, i made everything by scr- from scratch yeah yeah so oh my was, gosh yeah it was a lot of work well, and i only did that one year because it was so much work but it was pretty good well that reminds me i mean it's totally not the same thing but in san diego I don't know when they started, but downtown there was like the donut bar. And Mm -hmm. I remember like you would wait in line to get in there and hope like they had the donut you wanted, like the designer donuts. And I remember my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Lemon pistachio. Mm, Oh, my gosh. Maybe you could try that. (laughs) (laughs) But that was like the flavor, like the flavor combination, like. Oh my gosh. It was just so good. It was so good. Yeah. I think there's something about pistachio and like that, that like citrus kind of acidity and elderberry similar. Like yeah. it has a little bit of that acidity to it. Yeah. It's such a good pairing. But um, if you ever want to try that, I'll be your taste tester. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so do you guys like do the food, like the traditional foods? Like, do you do that every night or is that just like for us, that's just the, like, the party thing that okay. we do. And if we're not throwing a party, we'll, like, pick a night that we're sort of having it just a little family, like, to do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, because we want it to be, since we're far away from family, and some of our family wouldn't probably celebrate with us, even if they were close by. Yeah. We try our best to make it really special for our boys. Because my husband and I both grew up Christian and there, you know, there's a lot of really special, like, there's just a lot of opportunity for real special moments in like Christmas, you Mm -hmm. know, Christmas time. And same with like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was a big deal for me and for my family growing up. And a lot of that had to do with like the family gathering stuff and not just our little micro family but like the bit you know the community coming together um kind of stuff and with that being absent in those ways that we grew up with we try our best to to like have that same magic and same you know special you know really big moments for our kids with our life as it is now Mm -hmm. and thankfully locally we have a, a good community that like they do some stuff in Missoula. They do some stuff in Hamilton, like big menorah lightings. And Oh, nice. Um, unfortunately, with some of the politics they're doing, there's less Hanukkah celebration stuff. But yeah, um, but um, one of the cool things that they've done in Missoula um, for 
a few years now is they do Hanukkah on ice and they hire an ice sculptor to, to create a big Hanukkah, a big menorah. And, um, and then basically the party is at the ice rink over there. That's so cool. Yeah. It's really neat. And they, and Rahi, our, our, uh, Rabitzin, our rabbi's wife. Well, and I know she has help. She's not doing it all herself, but she does such a great job. Like, with the donuts and like all the the fun like she does like a photo backdrop thing and like all these you know Hanukkah like props and yeah that's what stuff I was like just, that yeah, and imagining. it's just it's just a lot of fun and really special so we try to either hit that one if it works with my husband's uh, work schedule or we try to at least do the one in Hamilton which is a little more low-key but it's yeah. still like it's still you know a nice like gathering and Again, we're gathering with with other, you know, people in the community, so it it makes it special. Are they doing the one in Missoula this year? Yes, it has not been canceled, as far as I've seen. Oh, o- okay. Only certain only certain Hanukkah things have been hidden. The big party is still happening, um, as far as I'm aware. So that yeah, that I'm glad that 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 the politics didn't do that away at all. So that's- do you still feel like? I guess tensions are as high or do you feel like things have subsided a bit? Or if you don't want to answer that, I'm totally fine with that too. No, it's, it's okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't want to bring your podcast down at all. So (laughs) So I I just think, I think like that's just a natural curiosity because of what we're talking about and what's going on. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to get like all into the weeds of that, but I think that's a legitimate concern. I mean, yeah, I think with everything going on, it is, I I think I definitely felt, um, more like, like things were not that things are behind us because there's still a lot going on that is, you know, stressful and, and heartbreaking and stuff, but as far as here locally, I felt like the community, we were sort of getting into a good stride of like, all right, you know, that we're picking ourselves up out of the dirt, we're dusting ourselves off, and we're we're moving forward again. But then then the controversy with the the Hanukkah lighting at City Hall or having the Hanukkah out on the lawn where they've had it for years and that whole thing, that becoming a problem sort of was a little bit of a, a slap. You yeah, know, like I kind of felt like like I got clotheslined a little bit once we finally were getting sort of, you know, positive momentum going. So so that kind of was jarring a bit, to be totally frank. But one of the things I really admire with about the Chabad rabbi, my our rabbi here is he's a young guy, but he's he's so wise and he is really just talented at sort of like helping people see the the positivity and like the good in all the crap <laughs> and I think a lot of rabbis are like that but he's there's something special about our rabbi and rabbits in here that they're just really special people and they're really good at, at rallying people together to kind of like all right yeah we got punched in the face all right but let's let's keep going you know <laughs> we, we got light to you know to to shine into the community and and good things to do and there's always 
positivity that he can find and sort of like, all right, let, but let's, you know, let's keep going. Let's keep going. So that's really helpful. And, and I think also just the spirit of this holiday, the story itself is very familiar. And I think just the spirit of the holiday all on its own is really inspiring for, I think, all of us to, uh, even those that maybe don't celebrate Hanukkah or maybe even those that aren't Jewish or connected to the Jewish community all, at all, just the idea that even in the face of big, scary oppression or big, scary, you know, figures, we can always gather ourselves up and overcome when we have this common goal of like righting the wrongs and sort of rededicating ourselves to the things that really matter. And especially if you, if you are somebody that is like a believer in God or, you know, you're inspired by biblical thought, biblical concepts or whatever, just the idea of picking ourselves up and, and keeping our eyes to the heavens, you know, keeping our eyes on, on the good and on that like divine light and focusing on doing what we can to keep that lighthouse alive. So I feel like it's all, it's all pretty connected and I almost seems like divine timing in a way, these, these holidays and these reminders that we can move forward and survive and thrive and be a light, even again, in the face of incredible darkness. <laughs> yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I feel like, you know, as you were speaking, I was just thinking just kind of generally, like, I don't know, the past three, four, five, six, <laughs> I don't know how far you want to go back, but there's just been like a lot of darkness in the world and a lot of people yeah. just angry and I think that's something like we all just need to do is just try, like try to be that light for others. And I think like sometimes just ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. I think it, I think it, it starts with us. We can't possibly be a light for someone else if we're sort of this sputtering sad little spark you know <laughs> that's honestly like how I feel most of the time <laughs> oh yeah. it's like as that yeah. as the candle is like starting to just be consumed by the wax and the oil uh -huh. it's just like fighting I don't know like maybe that's like how a lot of us feel <laughs> like that's totally how I feel yeah it's been it's been a wild I've heard from a lot of people uh, especially this season for some reason has been like this autumn, you know, this like last season and yeah, the last several years, <laughs> but it's been, it's been really hard on a lot of people. I think there's probably lots of lots to be said for that and, and things like that. But, but it's just, I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I feel like despite all the crap, I think a lot of people have have discovered what what tough stuff they're made of, you know? Yeah. And um, I think sometimes it's really hard for us to find that in ourselves unless we're faced with some really deep stuff. So it it sucks to have to learn things <laughs> from through that, but we're all 
that little flame that's sputtering and and starting to like be sad next to the wax <laughs> and all like it is still a flame yeah you know and, and if somebody were to touch it it would still burn them that's true so kind of like just it's gotta hang on hang on someone might <laughs> tilt the candle over and then it'll make more room and you'll you know you'll have you have more room to shine and and like you said you know the the sputtering little flame like it would still burn you if you touched it and i'm thinking and if you were to tilt it on its side or whatever you do so that the oil doesn't snuff it out it would still light another candle you know right yeah so yeah exactly yeah yeah and how much brighter when when it's it meets another candle that it's lighting I'm sure you've witnessed this, like both flames, it it doesn't, you know, this flame could be really weak. It's lighting the other candle and it, the flame that both of them produce is so much bigger than what they, what each of them could have produced on their own. Right. So yeah, there's all kinds of lessons in that, in that imagery. And it's definitely something that, um, that Jews like to ponder on during Hanukkah for sure. But it's I think it's a really neat image for for anybody, especially in those rough times and and also in 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 those moments where we feel where we might feel like, gosh, what good could I even do in the face of all this like crazy, crazy stuff going on? And I, I like to. If I don't have a candle to to pay attention to or look at or whatever, if the sky wasn't so dark, sometimes we wouldn't see the Milky Way mm-hmm. and we wouldn't see, you know, all these these dazzling stars and things like that. And even even some of the dimmest stars, you can still see them. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, again, with the imagery is really beautiful to ponder. I definitely do that when I'm feeling pretty down about stuff. So, yeah, good, good lessons for sure. So I wanted to know, what is the deal with the dreidel? Like, can you tell me a bit about like what it is, how you play the game, all of it? We play dreidels every year for Hanukkah. It's one of my son's favorite things to do uh, because we have gelt, which are chocolate coins. So dreidel is actually Yiddish for spinning top. Um, the Hebrew version of that is sevivon. And so it's a four-sided top, and on each side, um, there are the Hebrew letters Nun, Gimel, Hey, and Shin. Unless you're in Israel, then I believe, let me think, I think the Shin is what, yeah, Shin turns into Kof, I believe, because those letters are an acronym to the phrase Neskadol, Hayasham, um, which is a great miracle happened there. And if you're in Israel, it's a great miracle happened here um, because it's referencing the Hanukkah miracle. So that's why we spin the dreidel for Hanukkah. It's it's directly referencing the story of uh, the Hanukkah miracle. One of the cool like facts about dreidels um, is that when learning Torah was prohibited, um, even in the land of Israel, they used the dreidels um, as like a way to learn Torah, to learn and teach Torah discreetly. And they made, there is a game 
that's created from it. But I just think that's a really cool fact that there was there was this, you know, secret code thing that they did in order to learn Torah when it was illegal to do so. But the game itself is pretty simple. You spin the top and whatever, you spin the dreidel, whatever it lands on when it falls. Like if noon is face up, then nothing happens. And again, you're so you're playing with gelt, which are chocolate coins. And so this is like the the prize and the the bets and things like that. So if you lands on a noon, then you get nothing. If you land on a gimel, then you get the whole pot of gelt. If you land on a hay, you take half of the pot. And if you land on a shin or cough, then you get uh, then you have to put in a certain amount into the kitty uh, for you know of gelt for the whole pot of gelt. And you just take turns spinning, and that's how it's played. So it's pretty simple, but it is a, a pretty important piece to the whole Hanukkah tradition. Well, thank you for taking time to chat with me. And yeah. I know you have like just a lot going on. So I appreciate you, especially like very last minute. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It inspired me too. I am glad that I could brush up on the story myself and. I mean, it's something that people talk about or, you know, within the Jewish community, it's the story is told every year, but it's still just good to have kind of self-study. And it's again, it's a good story to share. So I appreciate you inviting me to like I'm I feel like this not to overdo the the image, but I feel like a torchbearer. You know, I've brought the story to your audience and I'm so I'm so grateful to be that torchbearer for this. I really am so thankful to Kaya for making time for me in her extremely busy schedule. And I always hope that you walk away from listening to an episode with some sort of learning. Maybe you're just entertained. I mean, I think about like my bad date story. Maybe you did learn something from that. But I wanted to learn something during this conversation, and I did. And so I hope you did as well. And we're living in a time where I feel like our differences are celebrated and our differences are also used as a mechanism to facilitate divisiveness amongst us. And when I look at the latter, I think about what that intention is there's a lot going on in the world and i feel like we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to each other to first be curious to come from a place of zero judgment to just be like hey can you educate me on this like i was extremely ignorant and i wasn't embarrassed about that i didn't feel ashamed about it it was just something that I didn't know something about. And so I contacted my friend and asked her to inform me. And I feel like we all need to do more of that. And maybe that's something that we can start doing in 2024. And even now is just welcoming curiosity and knowing that if someone is curious about us, 
or something that we do or something that we believe, maybe just assume positive intent that they're just curious and maybe they're not looking to like judge us or hate us. I saw a reel the other day um, that was posted by the singer Jewel. And I always say that kindness is everyday magic. And she was sharing a story and she said, kindness is an underrated currency. And I loved that. And in light of everything that's going on right now, I hope you walk away from listening to this episode with a better understanding of what Hanukkah is and a desire to be kind and a desire to use kindness as one of your forms of currency today, tomorrow, and beyond. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, I would love to hear it. You can send me an email, Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, at awakentheextraordinary.com, or you can send a DM to It's Actually Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, on Instagram. Happy holidays, my friends. Happy Hanukkah, and I'll talk with you soon.